Good morning, I'm Mike Peterson, and welcome to a special edition of This Week in KMA Land. Uh, for the past week, we've reviewed some of the top local and regional news stories of the year in our Project 2023 series. Well, today we're going to look back at some of the other stories we covered, at some of the places we went to, special events we covered, and people we met along the way. All this and much more in our special holiday 2023 year in review edition of This Week in KMA Land. Oh, uh, by the way, be listening because we're going to have our blooper reel this year, too. Well, KMA News went all over the place in 2023 to cover some major milestone events in the region. We were there in March as Griswold residents counted down to an event for the ages. Griswold preschool students joined VIPs in breaking ground on the Charles E. Lakin Child Development Center. Efforts to build the 8,800-square-foot facility on land next to Griswold Elementary School began with a needs assessment in 2019 and met the project's fundraising goal of $2.3 million. Steve Beyer is a board member with the Noble Initiative Foundation, the organization spearheading the center's fundraising efforts. Beyer told KMA News it's exciting for the project to come to fruition. As much as having the tangible part of the child development construction underway, it's also the community coming together, so many people in the community committing time and effort to make this all come true. When completed, the center will house up to 100 children ages six weeks to four years old during the day, with a separate before and after school area for elementary age kids. Other amenities include four classrooms and a gym. Byers' the original needs survey indicated a great need for child care services for the community's workforce. That's become a big economic development factor in the community because one of the critical things in our survey was that we had 40% of families that were not realizing the economic potential they could through their employment because of child care constraints. So the hope is we'll be able to serve extended hours, some before school and after school care for younger elementary kids as well. Fundraising efforts received a big boost in February with a $500,000 donation from the Charles E. Lakin Foundation. Stanton residents gathered for a similar event in July. Ground was broken on the new Stanton Child Resource Center. Plans call for the $3 million project to be constructed across from the existing facility, a converted restaurant. It's the first occupant of the city's new industrial park near the intersection of Highway 34 and Hallen Avenue. Sheila Mainquist is president of the center's board of directors. Mainquist told KMA News that day the project grew out of the need for storm safety for the children the facility serves. This effort began when we were really concerned about storm shelter for our children, and so we spent a lot of time trying to figure out the ways that we could put something into our current facility and then we ended up getting more and more children and it seemed like maybe we needed to expand and put you know a storm shelter in that new facility. Mainquist says the demand for child care in the community outgrew the current building. We have a waiting list we've always had a waiting list and so it's just been something that's happened uh, lately there's been a lot of awareness of daycare and the need for daycare especially in Iowa. 
When completed, the 11,000-square-foot facility will serve an additional 49 children. Another special event kicked off Essex's traditional Labor Day celebration. Local residents gathered for a ribbon-cutting ceremony marking the completion of the Essex Opera House's renovation. Originally a church, the structure was moved in 1877 to its present location at 701 Iowa Street by the Essex Booster Club. From 1894 to 1948, the facility held music events. Then the Essex American Legion purchased the building as a site for community meetings and events until 2010. After serving as a bar and grill, the building sat vacant for many years until local residents decided to renovate it. Former Essex Mayor Marion Durfee was among those spearheading the restoration process, and Durfee says the building was in poor shape. It was not fun coming in and cleaning up, and I was involved in that. But, you know, we all pitched in and had to do it. So it sat empty for a while then till we could get enough money organized to start in with some renovations. Of course, there's no place like Essex for Labor Day, and that was the theme of the community's annual Labor Day celebration and parade. Dennis and Teresa Perry were this year's Grand Marshals. And Teresa Perry told KMA News they've always felt at home in Essex. We were both from smaller towns. We lived in Shenandoah before we moved here, and we're looking for a house, and somebody suggested Essex and we came here and we liked it right from the beginning and have stayed. KMA News covered other traditional events in 2023, including one that's become the flavor of summer, so to speak. The second annual Shenandoah Shendig Barbecue Competition in July lured teams from all over the region. Hot Daddy's Barbecue of Graston, Minnesota won the overall grand championship over 36 other teams. Kyle and Amy Kuhn were the husband and wife duo comprising Hot Daddy's Kyle told KMA News the victory came as a surprise for the couple who take part in other events in Iowa and Minnesota. He attributes the win to a successful formula. Well, we've nailed down our program, and we've just been kind of fine-tuning it over the last few years, and it started hitting last year, and we just keep on with the same program. Organizers are pleased with the overall competition and the Friday and Saturday attendance. Shendig Committee co-chairs Stacy Truex and Mace Henson credited the committee's teamwork and strong volunteer force with a successful event. If you've been around the, ra- the grounds, you've seen all the teams, everyone's excited, everyone's in a good mood, it's a great environment. The spirit of everybody is just so friendly and loving towards each other, I feel. Yeah. We've heard nothing but amazing reviews. Every team that I've talked to throughout this entire weekend, uh, they're coming back next year. Yeah. They love Shenandoah, but the down of Shenandoah really helps. KMA News was there in September for the annual Shenfest Parade, and threatening weather held off that Saturday, allowing the Shenandoah High School Marching Mustangs to storm Sheridan Avenue. Approximately 70 entries participated in the traditional early fall parade, which featured Kurt and Mims Hensdorf as Grand Marshals. Kurt says the annual parade is a great celebration for local residents and visitors. You know, the interesting part is I've got like 40, 50 classmates that are back, and it's not one of our reunion years. And they're coming from all over the country, as far away as California. And when when you get people that come routinely to a festival like this, uh, from all over, that's that's really beneficial. I think it uh, it keeps the spirit of Shenandoah alive, and that's important. For some reason, we found ourselves in hot water a lot this year, but for a good reason. KMA News visited area pools this year, including an indoor pool transformed into a classroom.
On Selected Fridays this past school year, students in the Essex and Hamburg school districts got their feet wet, not to mention everything else, in a comprehensive scuba diving training class. Instruction took place not in the classroom, but in the Clementa Lead Center's indoor pool. Grant Plowman of Creston was one of two class instructors. Plowman told KMA News Superintendent Dr. Mike Wells organized the class as part of each district's career academy programs. Mike's got a lot of uh, things going on with the school for career development, and uh, this is another possibility that the kids could go and do, whether it be a, a commercial aspect or Perhaps they want to um, lead dives at a resort, or maybe they eventually want to get into instruction and, and own a shop. Approximately 15 students participated in the class. Jada Wright was a Hamburg 8th grader. Wright says she learned a lot already about scuba. We've learned getting out of the water with our scuba gear on. We have done some activities to learn how to get in water. <laughs> and um, We've learned about our scuba gear and uh, the tanks how to let the water out of your mask and how to clear your um, snorkel. For Essex 6th grader Colt Nelson, the class offered a new experience. I thought chances are supposed to be made, so I thought I would learn how to scoop dive for a, for a thing that, that I can use in the future. What's been the toughest part of this class so far? Uh, probably some diving in. Glenwood residents had a reason to celebrate this summer as the city's outdoor aquatic center opened after a one-year absence due to mechanical issues. Glenwood City Administrator Amber Farnan told KMA News patrons were waiting in line when the gates opened. Everything went according to plan, opened the doors for open swim at 1 o'clock. We had a line. We also were selling pool passes at the pool yesterday and we had a good line going. It was pretty steady most of the day. So yeah, everything went really well. Didn't have any real big issues that came up. So yeah, we were really pleased with the start of our pool season. Now, pools were the places to be this summer, and Nebraska City's Steinhardt Aquatic Center had another strong year. Open in 2016, the facility replaced the previous pool dating back to the 1960s, or 1970s, rather. Nebraska City Park and Recreation Director Nick Schmidt says the lazy river amenity has proven to be a big draw over the years. There's not many many times I'm here that there's not many people floating in it, so it gives them a chance to kind of get in the water, relax, um, at a leisurely pace, so um, it's, it's definitely popular. Warm summer temperatures and a lack of moisture didn't help area farmers or crops this summer, but the summer-like weather spurred attendance of the Red Oak City Pool. Mechanical issues forced the closing of the city's original facility and construction of a $2.8 million aquatic center. Georgiana Durr was in her second year as the pool's manager. Durr told KMA News weather conditions boosted attendance, making the summer without a pool a distant memory. We have been busy every single day. I have a wonderful staff that have done a great job about keeping us open. So we are open seven days a week. And even when it was cool, we still have had really good attendance. Our pool pass sales have been up, and then our punch cards have also been through the roof. And what would summer be without Shenandoah's Wilson Aquatic Center, which went to the dogs in late August? Literally. <laughs> Dogs from all over KMA land brought their owners to the Wilson Aquatic Center for two doggy dip events. Shenandoah Aquatics Director Gabby Sparks told us the annual event marking the end of swimming season is a fundraiser for People for Paws. Just a good way to have everybody come out in the community with their pets, allow the pets to socialize, and then it helps People for Paws so that we can give them the donations to help keep their um, facility running and help 
get the animals what they need. Gunnar McCune of Shenandoah brought two German shepherds to the pool. Both he and the dogs enjoy the break in the weather with the week-long heat wave giving way to cool, overcast conditions. It's been hot all, all week, really, and we haven't got to take them on the trail like we normally do, so we thought it'd be fun to bring them here and let them swim and cool off after the hot week we've had, you know. So. How are they doing so far? It seems like they're having a good time. They are. They're doing awesome. I got swimmers, so they love this right here. <laughs> Again, the proceeds from the doggy dip help with people for paws and the organization's animal care expenses. That's just a sampling of some of the events we covered in 2023 on KMA News. And coming up in the special edition of This Week in KMA Land, we'll look back at some other special moments and unveil the infamous blooper reel. Stay tuned. Well, KMA News covered other special events in 2023, including at least one involving a local business. Ribbon-cutting ceremonies were held in March for Community First Credit Union's new location at 700 South Fremont Street. Greg Hanshaw is president and CEO of the Ottumwa-based credit union. Hanshaw told KMA News his company was excited to open the 4,000-square-foot facility. This is the culmination of liter literally about three years of work. Um, beginning with some conversations two and a half, three years ago, and then all sorts of coordinating and planning, obviously, finding a site to build on, and we believe we, we got the absolute best spot in the entire community. Community first purchased the former Skateland property on U.S. Highway 59 to build the state-of-the-art facility. Enshaw credited the Shenandoah Chamber and Industry Association and city officials for their assistance in establishing the new facility, citing Iowa Department of Transportation statistics, Ski Executive Vice President Greg Connell called the community first building the most viewed construction project in the history of town. There's 8,000 cars go by this location every day. So you figure over a 200-day construction, that's 1.6 million vehicles passed and viewed this, this building that was being built. So. So, you know, we do have tourism in Shenandoah. <laughs> <laughs> Groundbreaking ceremonies were held in May of 2022. KMA News kept track of the local theater scene in 2023, and outstanding performances and performers dominated the region. One Southwest Iowa theater group production marked the return of a legendary stage performer. Stan Orton, a central figure in the oldest continuously operating local theater group in Iowa, was among the cast members of Swiddick's Arsenic and Old Lace at the Park Playhouse stage bearing his name. Making a cameo appearance as Mr. Gibbs, Orton told KMA News his return followed battles with health issues the past few years. I had a stroke a few years ago, and this is my first return performance, and I'm having a ball. <laughs> I'm having a ball. Making the production extra special was that Stan shared the stage with his son, Matt Horton, who portrayed Mortimer Brewster. But Stan says it's not the first time father and son have appeared on stage before. My first time was we were doing Carnival, and Matt might have been uh, six or seven. <laughs> I was a puppeteer. And uh, I was the leading man at that time. And that Matt was one of the people that I was playing with the puppets too. And now he's the leading man or one of the leading men. And I'm very proud of him and glad, very glad that we get this opportunity to work together. And Matt said the feeling was mutual. Dad was the one who uh, would read me Dr. Seuss or 
a chapter out of a book at night for bedtime stories, and he inspired my love of storytelling, whether that's here on stage, vocally telling a story around a campfire, or even in my career as a photographer, telling stories through photos. So getting a chance to share this brief moment with him, even if my back is turned to him through most of my scene with him, uh, is, a, is, is a very special event. We met some other special people in 2023, including a coin resident on a mission to repair damaged headstones at the Elmwood Cemetery. On a windy afternoon, longtime coin resident Ruby Thomas walks through the Elmwood Cemetery, a place carrying special meaning. Everyone in here I know something about or know them personally. So this was kind of a special project. And I used to walk this cemetery all the time with my dogs. And you kept wondering, why isn't somebody fixing it? Why aren't they raising this stone? Or this one's down over here. They're not mowing it. And it's a different story when the shoe is on the other foot. In March of last year, Thomas accepted a Coin City Council position with a stipulation that she would be appointed the town cemetery sextant in order to repair the hundreds of damaged headstones. To her dismay, she discovered the community had no money for cemetery repairs or maintenance. In a massive fundraising campaign, Thomas emailed a four-page letter to approximately 45 residents asking for money for headstone restoration efforts. My donors last year said, if you send us just a regular form, we're just going to wad it up and throw it in the trash. We want to know what you've done, where you've been, how much you need, because we will help you, but tell me where you're going to go. Thomas's email campaign garnered around $11,000 for not only repairs, but also for continuing upkeep and mowing. She calls the response a miracle. I've had people come clear across the cemetery when my stone setter was here, and I want to hug you. I've read your letter, and here's 100 bucks. And uh, they'll call me. They'll call me in the evening. I just went out and saw Mom and Dad's stove, and I saw what you've done, and this is fantastic because they knew what it looked like before. She says most of the donors were older residents. It takes a village to raise a child. When you look out at any cemetery and you see all these stones, this is the village. These people raised us and raised everybody before you, so we need to take care of them. And unfortunately, a lot of the times we don't because there's not enough of two things we don't have, and that is time and money. The older generation is sending me money to get this done because they want their relatives to look good. Those were some of the highlights of 2023. And now for something completely different. Now, this week in KMA Land is recorded every Thursday and Friday for airing Saturday mornings. In preparing this program, we aim for perfection. But some days are better than others. There's times that words get in the way, not to mention lips. So, in the spirit of nobody's perfect, we now present a collection of outtakes, goofs, blunders, and other faux pas that would make Ralph Childs and Dean Navin roll in their graves. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. The 2023 Blooper Reel. Now, sometimes the names of some of the communities we cover come out wrong, like Sydney, for example. Construction ceremonies took place for the Career Technical Education Edition at Sydney, 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 Sydney. 
and you should never do a newscast with rented lips. Recently, the Nebraska City City Council approved phase one of the city's residential development. Shenandoah City Administrator A.J. Lyman tells KMA News a developer has approached the city with a proposal to renovate the structure, which has been vacant since the city's new 12 million. 12 million. <laughs> Meanwhile, the legal battle surrounding future wind turbines in Page County continues. Recent federal court records indicate a hearing is set for January 6 to determine the Southern District of Iowa's jurisdiction in the case and a motion to remand the case back to state court where petitioners Patricia Christensen spent seven years at Fort Calhoun Junior Senior High School in Nebraska as head football coach, strength conditioning coordinator, and PE instructor. Then the last two as restrictions on future wind energy applications are still on hold in Fremont County in the lake of ongoing in the lake of ongoing litigation. Not all of our goofs come because of mushmouth. Other types of faux pas happen, like the recent edition of KMA's Morning Line program when I introduced a guest I thought was on the line. Special guest this morning is Jim Ross Lightfoot, a former congressman from Southwest Iowa and one of the legendary figures in KMA's illustrious history. He's written a new book entitled Climbing Mountains with God, which is his memoirs, and we're very pleased to have him back on some familiar turf here at 7.35 in the morning. Good morning to you, Jim. Well, we were from... We were going to have him on. <laughs> now, of course, with today's technology, all of our news is read and sound bites played on a computer. I always wondered what would happen if the computer monitor went blank during a newscast. Well, I found out during a 1205 newscast in September. Much work remains to be done as far as this uh, uh, Essex Bridge is concerned. And once again, the monitor has gone night-night on me here in the control room, so I'm unable to read uh, the news. Uh, now that the monitor has rebooted again, now it looks like the screen is firing up again, and we should have... Ah, it's back. Okay. Let's see. Where should I pick up again? Oh, my goodness, this never happened to Bill Bone. Then there was my all-time biggest goof, and it's connected to my late father, who had a strange habit of pronouncing hors d'oeuvres as horty orves. Well, one day the word came up in a story, and wouldn't you know it, guess how I pronounced hors d'oeuvres, and listen to how I struggled to keep my composure. In observance of American Education Week, the Shenandoah, Iowa Education Foundation hosts a special event next Wednesday evening at the Shenandoah Elks Lodge. Doors open at 5 p.m. for a special hour, followed by heavy hors d'oeuvres at uh, heavy hors d'oeuvres rather at 5:30 p.m. At 6:30, Iowa Western Community College President Dr. Dan Kinney gives the evening's keynote address. In an interview on KMA's Dean and Friends program, Kinney noted the changes in education during his tenure at Iowa Western. Kinney's presentation, three foundation mini grants for 2018, will be presented at 7 p.m. Followed by the announcement of this year's Friend of Education. Awards. Uh, support staff of the year and teacher of the year award presentations. The event is free to the public. KMA on track weather forecast uh, mostly sunny this afternoon, highs in the lower 40s, increasing clouds tonight with lows in the mid 20s, mostly cloudy, 70% chance of snow tomorrow with highs in the mid 30s. And there you have it, the 2023 blooper reel. And dad, if you're up there, that one was for you. And that concludes this week in KMA Land's holiday special. 
On behalf of everyone here at KMA, this is Mike Peterson wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And as a special treat, we're going to go out today with a song from the Shenandoah High School Choir under the direction of Ashley Smith. Passing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way Ha, 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 bells on bobtails ring Making spirits bright What fun it is to ride and sing a sleigh song tonight Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Hey, dashing through the snow, dashing through the in, snow a in a one-horse open sleigh Or the fields we go, laughing all the way Ha, 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 bells on bobtails ring Making spirits bright, what fun it is to ride and sing a sleigh song tonight Jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Hey, dashing through the snow, one-horse open sleigh. This Week in KMA Land is a presentation of KMA News. Merry Christmas, everyone.